Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This segment of Northwest Wild Country is brought to you by Berkeley. Catch more fish with Berkeley. Ten a.m. this morning, you can head up to Three Rivers Marine and Tackle in Woodenville yep. and join the festivities. Our own Bill Herzog, I will be there, and uh, Brianna Bruce will be mm-hmm. laying down the Kokanee information. Yep, yep. Get ready for the Western Washington Kokanee fishery. Yeah, it's going, man. Summer. Yep, it's, it's time. It is time. So, Bill, we we tried to identify mm-hmm. other fisheries besides Lake Stevens and besides Lake Samish on the right, north right. end, and they're really Really is not that much opportunity up there. I mean, not many, not many other places to go besides those two fisheries. And Brianna Bruce li- lives up north, kind of makes her living uh, as a guide up there. And Brianna, that's that was the kind of a mirror of our conversation from yesterday. I mean, there's not a there's not a lot of of places that you can identify off the top of your head to go for coconut besides those two fisheries. Correct? Yeah, there's not a lot in like Snohomish, Skagit County area that you know. There's some places that there's no boat ramp or you can't have a motor that the state plants kokanee, but Lake Stevens is kind of the place to go. Yeah. I would imagine it'd be fairly difficult to catch a kokanee without a boat and with, <laughs> a motor. without a motor. Yeah, right. Just wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's the point I, of planting a no kokanee? Understand. No, no. Good question. And it's kind of odd because I mean, mo- most of our kokanee throughout the state are from originated from Wycom- Lake Wacom. Yeah. Wacom yeah. Lake. Yeah. Interesting. Anyways, Brianna, so let's talk about this Lake Stevens fishery. This is one that has uh, gained a fair amount of attention in recent years, uh, courtesy of, of the Derby that has gone up there. Uh, but the bottom line is that as the as the pursuit of kokanee has become more popular mm-hmm. uh, as a just a, a general rule, people need places to fish. And up on the north end, if you live in Everett, if you live in Snohomish, if you live in Lake Stevens or, or anywhere up there, Arlington, you're probably going to go to Lake Stevens. So let's talk about the timing of that fishery. We're approaching what I think most people would consider the the peak of the year, correct? Correct, yeah. We uh, we kind of consider May as the peak. Um, it's a, The lake's open year-round, and you can go out any time and fish it. Uh, May is definitely the time to go. If you're going to start kokanee fishing, if you want to learn and you want to get out when there's fish there, May is kind of that target month you want. Um, with the warm weather we've had this winter, it started a little early, uh, so guys are out there right now catching fish, um, and it's definitely worth it if it's not, you know, downpouring and windy like it is today. So describe, for those who have not had the chance to fish Lake Stevens yet, describe describe that lake. I mean, because it is, uh, it's, uh, I'm not sure the best way to describe it. It's sort of like a, a a bowl, I guess, would be the best description of it. I mean, as far as like the underwater geography and so forth, what what kind of lake is that? Yeah, so it's uh, 1,100 surface acres, and the majority of it is probably between 80 and 100 feet. It we've got real sharp drop offs on the edges, and the main lake is just this big empty bowl, like you said. Um, 
so it's pretty consistent. Uh, a lot of times I'll focus on staying in pretty close to the edges, um, but from there all the way across the lake, it's pretty similar. So you can find fish everywhere, and with the amount of pressure that lake gets being the only one up here, really, you'll see when there's a bunch of boats out there, it's literally the whole lake is covered. There's not like one area people troll more often. You can just kind of go wherever. I do know when I used to fish up there a lot, B, I used to have to tro- troll around the aerator. That would, but that, of course, that was later in the season. That was July and August. It seemed like all the fish were there, probably because they could breathe there and probably the cooler water was there. I don't know, but even so, it, when I've been there in the early season, it seems like it's the aerator or it ain't, where everybody seems to troll all around that thing. It's still happening that way? So it's a lot of people still focus on the aerator, and that is the only structure you really have in the lake because mm-hmm. it's, you know, just a big empty lake. But the aerator hasn't been running in, I think, like eight years, something like that. Whoa. A long time. The aerator broke down. They never fixed it. And actually, last year, they started taking out the airline that goes to the aerator, which is which is sad that they're not going to fix the aerator, but at least we don't get hung up on that airline anymore. Huh. Okay. Has it been yeah. that long since I've fished there? Because last time I was there, <laughs> that thing was running. <laughs> what a lot happened? Of time flies, that long? Wow, man, that's crazy. <laughs> All right, yeah. Brianna, so then let's 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 try to... Okay, you mentioned fishing the edge. Well, okay, a couple things about this lake. Number one... Uh, if you're, it gets a lot of traffic during the summertime. Like I, you know, come June the first, and and when it gets warm, that lake sees a ton of of jet skiers and water skiers. I mean, it is a it is a very extremely popular, uh, just recreation lake. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So so you're over as we proceed over the next you know couple of months. I mean, uh, you're probably going to I would imagine probably focus on it pretty hard. Until said time, and then do you just do you just kind of give it some time off, and then come back a little bit later in the in the season, or what's the kind of run us through the the, the kind of the annual schedule? Yeah, so I usually I'll start really focusing on Lake Stevens the end of April, and then I'm there almost every day through May. Um, that June first mark seems to be like like you said, there's a ton of boats and water skis and jet skis and everything out there, so. It either turns into a really early morning thing before everyone gets out there um, or, you know, on the weekdays. But I usually give it June, July, August. I usually kind of walk away from it and go do some other things and uh, come back in the fall and start fishing the pre-spawn fish, which is actually really fun. And then they really start to group up and you can find them off of some of the points and that kind of thing. They're really aggressive. And when they go into that pre-spawn their mouths get a little harder, so you don't lose as many, and they're really aggressive. It's pretty fun then, too. Do you break out the jigging gear that time of year? Normally when those fish start to group up, when they're getting ready to spawn, they get in really tight schools, and they don't move, and they seem to respond best to a jig. I troll through those things. I have a couple lakes. I go where that happens, and I watch the jiggers. They put a hurt on them. When those fish start to school up, they'll outfish the trollers a bunch. You ever, you ever go that way? You ever try it? I haven't yet. It is on my list. I'm going to do it this fall, um, but I haven't tried it yet, and I've made the same observation, so I definitely got to try that. Hmm. 
So well, let's let's run yeah. through the kind of the uh, the how to of this uh, this uh, spring fishery. Like so so now let's let's you know break out your gearbox, Brandon, and kind of show mm-hmm. us show us what exactly it is that you're going to troll. So I always troll um, some form of smaller dodger. I really like the Dick Knight Dodgers, the four um painted or the fifty fifty, any of those uh, finishes, and then I run mostly hand tied spinners. Um, I spend way too much time down mm-hmm. at Shipwreck Beads when I end up in Lacey, and I have mm-hmm. bins full of mostly glass beads. So I just go through, and I always tie on Gamagatsu uh, drop shot hooks. I like number fours. A bunch of people have moved up to number twos, and I tried it for a little while and went back to my fours. I just prefer it for our fishery. Mm-hmm. Um, early season, I'm going to be using smaller spinners, uh, like four or five bead spinners. Um, either with uh, like conventional blade in front of it, like a Willow or a Colorado or a Smile Blade or something of that sort. Um, I've actually been playing with taking Dick Knight spoons and I've been trying to figure out how to use them for kokanee for years now. And just with that one hook, it doesn't work out that great. Um, But I've been cutting the hook off of them and putting them on a clevis and using them as a spinner blade. And it's actually been working wonderfully and then you get all those finishes of the different Dick Knight spoons you can choose from, and you've got all these awesome spinner blades out there. Interesting. That is a, that's, yeah. that's kind of a good idea. I'm, try, I'm trying to think of uh, how how that would work with, with where those things are bent with their uh, cavities and their wave and all the they work, how they'd work for a spinner blade. I bet they'd be, uh, is it an erratic spin or is it a constant spin? It. It depends on how fast you pull them, um, but it will, you get a little bit of erratic to it, um, as, but you put the, I guess, you know, if it was a spoon, you'd put the dome up, sure. um, and the little side goes on your clevis, and it spins better than I expected. I do know once you go past, a, every every spoon has a speed threshold, that after you go so fast, it'll it'll go past the speed threshold and start to spin, and I suppose it works the same way with a little spoon like that. It'd be wouldn't have to go too fast before it would go over that threshold and start spinning. That's a great idea. You sure you want to tell people about that? <laughs> yeah. You should you should yeah. see the the thought process going on here in this studio. By the way, yeah, yeah. I'm looking over Bill's Bill's mind is just going. Wait a minute. Why? Well, the, this <laughs> this is stuff that yeah. you know over on the east side, Brianna. Where do you see the rigs that I'm bringing? That we use on the east side, it's going to be shocking. To you. It's going to look like what are you? What are you fishing for? Kings with this stuff? You know, yeah, it's a little different than what you're doing. But uh, now you got my interest up yeah. about the about the small spoon because it's a uh, yeah. I don't think I'm going to tell nobody about that. It's too late. I know. I know. Too late on that deal. Yeah. You know how many Dick Knights are out there? I'm not too worried about it. Okay. So, Brianna, what about this? So, so uh, you uh, you threw out a name that I actually have to admit I was not familiar with. Uh, Deadly Venom Tackle. Tell me tell me yes. about that outfit. Yeah, so um, Patrick is the owner of Deadly Venom, and he came out and fished with me, I think, two years ago, and he brought me a bunch of gear, um, and I started using it and catching fish with it. And the great thing about Deadly Venom is that he ties his pre-tied leaders on um, drop shot hooks. Mm-hmm. So you can take it right out of the package and not have to retie like I do most other things. Um and you can put it in the water and they catch fish. Um, 
the micro hoochies he uses, I don't normally use hoochies on Lake Stevens and he handed me a bunch of these micro hoochies and I was like, Oh great. Hoochies. <laughs> and then I just ended up using them one day and catching fish and surprised myself. Think, and think about continued those, to use them. Think about those is they're not micro. They're right in between. They're right in between the gold stars yeah. and, the, and the little tiny, they're in between and they're awesome. By the way, I use them a lot on the east side, and I love those things. They're, they're, yeah, the, they're, they're, the, per- about that they're the perfect size, quite frankly. Yeah, Patrick did yeah, a great job. And that's, that's where I've run into problems uh, on Stevens and, you know, just kind of gave up using hoochies as they were either too big or, you know, the little ones didn't run the same way. And, right, right. Yeah, those ones are like the perfect size. Talk a little bit about uh, just sort of the kind of the, the different variations of, of your bead setup, because I know this is something that will, that will you know, we had, Bill and I just talked about, you know, the, the need to constantly tinker with stuff. I mean, I, so I, I would guess you probably tinker with beads more often than you probably would care to admit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's like the perfect outlet for gearheads and tinkering and all that. Um, I found different times of year and different conditions and that kind of thing. I go between different um, size spinners. So I go from, you know, like the four bead smaller setups to um, like six bead bigger setups. And then one thing I found makes a really big difference is when you're looking at your beads, there's solid colored beads and there's translucent colored beads. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the early season, I'll run the translucent um, beads and when it gets up to, you know, that peak season when everything's really active and that I'll use the solid colored beads and that pressure really I'll go back to the translucent beads. You want to want a great tip since you're going down a shipwreck? Look up the coral beads. That's all I'm gonna uh, say. Coral. Look up the coral beads right. and make some spinners out of those and you tell me what happens, okay? Coral. All right. Mm-hmm. They're the they're the most expensive. One of the most expensive bead in the place. You'll buy. Of them. course they are. You'll buy them. <laughs> I promise you. The color on those. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm giving up something pretty pretty special right there. But for you, since you get down there, coral. Look up the coral beads. This is the kind of information that you can find if you go to Three Rivers oh, Marine yeah. Tackle today. Doors mm-hmm. open at ten. Uh, Brianna, your your subject matter is uh, is what again this morning? I'm going to be doing basic cooking, so I'm going to be doing all the basic stuff you need to get out of the water and start targeting kokanee. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do something completely different. I got all the special <laughs> little trips and things that uh, people usually don't think about yeah. or would just look at me crazily. One of the two. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> you know you know. e- either way, if you want to fish Lake Stevens and find out about this uh, particular fishery, uh, give Brianna a call. It's uh, livinglifeadventures.com. Uh, L-I-V-I-N, no G, livinglifeadventures.com. Mm-hmm. You can call her at 206-714-2112. Of course, uh, follow her on the social media as well. Uh, Brianna, thank you very much. It's been far too long since we spoke to you. Let's not let uh, five years pass again. It's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Good talking to you this yeah, morning. appreciate right. it. Good talking to you. See you at 10. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> See you at 10, Bill. You bet. All right. Mm-hmm. There you go. A little bit of basic info. Uh-huh. Dick Knight spoons. Yeah, that is that got me got me thinking right? how that works. Yeah. Of course it's going to work because yep. uh, spoons have a speed threshold. If you go, you know, once a, the wave, the shortness of the wave, and, and all that, and I could go on, but you'll fall asleep.
<laughs> talk about how it works. But yeah, I could see that working, but you'd have to go pretty quick. Mm. And I'm thinking uh, the you'd have to go pretty fast. Maybe you'd go past the, the speed. I don't know. I'll find out. I'm going to make some. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, oh, right. yeah. You know. All right. We're going to take a super quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to take a look at uh, some questions we had uh, mm-hmm. last week. We do have some more suggestions here on the um, you know n- name for us. A good fishing movie, a good hunting movie. We can't think of it. I've got a list here that's pretty interesting. Okay. <laughs> a lot of it's nonsense, but it's interesting. What well, you've come to the nonsense place. That's right. You're there. Yeah, come on back <laughs> to Sports Radio 950 KJR. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.